What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 15 of the Deep Ball Diamond Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Chris Brox. Brox, it's been a couple weeks, and I mean, since then, it's kind of been a tale of two cities, if you could say, for the New York teams. I know you're probably not too happy about that, so at least we'll get some authentic reactions on here today. <sighs> Mets stand for my entire team still can't hit a fastball right down the middle. That's the Mets right now. It's That's been tough. Cool. There's no doubt about it. We'll get into it. We'll get into kind of the streaks that have been going on in the MLB, kind of talk about more of the playoff races, talk about a sneaky team that I'm going to have to apologize for because I know a couple months ago I said they were left for dead and now they're in the thick of a playoff race. Talk about a couple accolades that were hit over the past couple weeks and even a suspension that happened. But let's start with the streaks, kind of the big news in baseball. I know we've talked about them uh, the past episode as well with their Field of Dreams episode. But the New York Yankees, Brock, are on an 11-game win streak. I couldn't be more happy. I mean, everything's just clicking with this team. I know probably if you look at our episodes, honestly, from about a month ago, I was definitely a little nervous. I know I kind of hedged my bet a little bit. I still kept them in the Winter World Series, but I said they weren't going to catch up to the Rays in the division. But they hold a pretty comfortable lead right now in the wild card spot. They are three games ahead of Boston, who is in the second wild card spot, and four and a half games against Oakland this uh, right now. And they play Oakland actually starting this weekend, a four-game set. So, I mean, if they win three out of four there, they kind of open that gap a little bit, probably distance themselves safely from Oakland for the rest of the year. So definitely a big series for them. You can't go there and lose three out of four. God forbid you get swept. You know what I mean? That kind of ruins that lead. But I don't know. They're riding a high right now. The team environment just seems like it's completely changed. And yeah, it when a month ago it was like whatever they, they could do to lose a game. Now it's just like whatever had like they just somehow are finding a way to win. It's still not easy. They're still giving you scares at the end of games, but definitely a complete 180 and a season that I was definitely starting to get a little nervous about. But Brian Cashman, the moves that he made at the deadline, they all seem to really be working out. Yeah, no, honestly, the Yankees surprised me. I don't know if they would get it. They would get it uh, turned around. Um, but they're playing really good baseball right now. They're getting good starting pitching, mostly good um, relief pitching besides, you know, roll this. Um, but yeah, no, everyone like – situational hitting it's been they've been playing really good baseball and they're you know I still think that they don't catch up to the Rays because the Rays are playing almost as well which is ridiculous to say but um they're right in the thick of it in the wild card race I mean they're, they're what are they they're in first in the wild card I'm pretty sure I yep. think they'll stay there the rest of the year um you just hope that they ride this all the way to the playoffs um but one thing like I've noticed like when the years well, the very few years the Mets are good like by the end of the year, when they're like they're in first place, we're in a playoff spot. Um, it's like that end of the season, like you know, not give up, but like like bad baseball until the playoffs, and then they show up come playoff time. So you hope the Yankees, you know, not slow down, but they don't use all of their magic right now. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like it sounds weird, but like you don't want to waste all like the magic before October. I agree with you. Listen, you can't peak too early in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean the playoffs aren't until another two months. Yes, obviously. Of course, they have to win these games down the stretch. But honestly, I think it's good that they built enough of a gap because if they were starting to play these even like – obviously, these games matter. But, I mean, compared to what the games were like two weeks ago, you know what I mean? Like those, you're kind of more on your edge of your seat when they're a game behind Boston or whatever. Now they have a decent lead, have a good weekend in Boston, Oakland, excuse me. And, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say put it in cruise control. Obviously, definitely don't put it in cruise control. You know what I mean? Keep winning. Mm. Let's try to catch the Rays. I still think it's very much in play. They only played three more games against the Rays this year, so – it's the last series of the year. Maybe they have a chance to um, catch them that series, but who knows? Uh, I mentioned Brian Cashman too. Some of the other moves that he's made this year, obviously Rizzo and Gallo, they haven't even been like great at the plate recently, but again, it just changed like the dynamic of the team. Luke Voigt has come back 
and he's really fought for his spot. I know the media was giving him a lot of trouble with how he was like in the post-game interviews. He was like, I think I deserve to start. Like I was in top 10 of MVP voting last year. Like I deserve a spot. And when you back it up, like he has recently, he's got a point, right? I love the energy Luke Voigt brings. He was struggling a little bit this year, especially with injuries, but now it looks like he's turned it around for good. Another guy I'll give a shout out to, Wandy Peralta. Ever since he's come off the COVID IL list, he's been huge for the Yankees in their bullpen. Albert Abreu, another like un- under like appreciated guy in that pen. Uh, especially because, I mean, the main three guys in their bullpen going into the air, Chapman, Chad Green, and Britton, have been inconsistent, especially over the past couple of months. I know Britton just went out again. But, I mean, Jonathan Lewisaga has picked up all of that. I think Jonathan Lewisaga is the most underrated reliever in baseball. I think he's probably like up there with the best relievers in the American League. His stuff is just unbelievable. I personally – he's by far the Yankees' best reliever. He can give you two innings in a pinch. So, yeah, I hope maybe Luis Heal comes back up. I know he started this past week in the minors when Heaney was starting in the majors. I just think that's more of them trying maybe to limit – like. He heals a service time almost, you know what I mean? Kind of give him an extra year of arbitration yeah. or something like that. But I don't know. I don't really, I really don't love that. You know what I mean? We're, we're almost in September fighting still for a playoff spot. So get him up there, like let him pitch meaningful innings. Cause he's, he's the better option. I know he, he did deserve a start though. After what he did against Boston, that was great. Um, so yeah, I think the Yankees are sitting in a good spot, but that kind of brings it to the second wild card spot. Then I guess with Boston and Oakland Brox, I'm just curious to think, I mean, Boston, Oakland's been playing pretty good baseball. They've cooled off a little over the past week. And Boston, I mean, they have been really tough since the All-Star break. I'm curious if you think that Oakland right now, a game and a half back of Boston, can catch them or even uh, – yeah, we'll start, we'll start with that first, and I'll throw in that, the, the other two teams that kind of in the race. I think um, – I think Oakland – I think they'll – I feel like they're a team now. They'll just stay within pace of the second wild card. Um, I, I think Boston's going to fall off a bit. And I think if you're a Yankee fan – You'd rather play Oakland in the wild card game, man. I would not. I mean, obviously, it's a rival, but you know what? One game, a one game uh, series, obviously, if one, one game, um, you can face Sale. I mean, obviously, like, the Yankees probably better pitching the Red Sox, but that lineup, man, that lineup can light up anyone. So I think you'd rather face Boston in the, in a, not Boston, uh, Oakland in the wild card game. I think Oakland is going to keep pace. I think Boston's going to keep sliding. Yeah. Listen, Boston, their bullpen's starting to fall apart a little bit. I know Matt Barnes hasn't looked sharp over the past, like, couple weeks, too. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I'd rather play Oakland, too. I think the Yankees have a good track record, too, against them in the playoffs. They beat them a couple years ago in that wild card game in 2018. I think the biggest thing is just right now, like, it looked like the Yankees, I said, they own three-game lead on that second spot. So you would hope that they host it. I think that's one of the biggest things. And obviously, whoever they go against, honestly, in the American League, they're going to have the pitching matchup in that game. So they have the pitching matchup and be at home. I mean, you're putting yourself at a very good advantage. But, again, let's just try to cut down on this division lead. I'd love that. And if they could somehow sneak out the AL East uh, crown, that would be remarkable. But, yeah, I mentioned Boston, Oakland. I guess I'd probably also side with Oakland in the sense maybe it's just me, like my hatred to the Red Sox and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I feel like the Red Sox were just one of those teams, again, that overperformed all year. Their lineup, obviously, was really good. And it's kind of, again, slowed down a little bit just as everything else has for them. So, yeah, Oakland, I hope they get Chris Bassett back. Um, I know he took that tough line drive like last week. I want to say it is. I, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't think he, he got like it wasn't like really like he avoided major uh, like a major injury. Obviously, you know, what I mean, he's going to be out for a couple weeks or so. But I guess we'll see what happens with that. Do you think now like Toronto or like Seattle is really in play for that spot at all? I mean, dude, Seattle's playing some good baseball, man. They just I don't know if they swept the A's, but they won at least two games that I saw against the A's. Um, 
Seattle's playing good baseball. They could sneak up. That'd be that'd be a cool story to see Seattle make it. Um, Toronto, I mean, they have such a good team. Um, they're they're facing a tough White Sox team right now, where they just did. And then I think I don't know what they did that series, but those teams are in the hunt. They're not. I think those teams are more likely to get the second spot over Boston. I think those teams are just playing, obviously playing much better baseball right now. Yeah, I think Tor- Toronto, I've been saying for the whole time, the biggest problem with them is their bullpen. I just, I still think they're like a year away in a sense. I love the momentum that they had a couple weeks ago. And like you said, they kind of slowed down a little bit. I'm trying to, after really that Boston series, I know they had a tough series. Doing, they like dropped the series against the Mariners. Then they had a tough series against the, uh, like they split against the Angels. And I'm not saying that's like necessarily bad, but like, you know what I mean? When you're in, like a th- the thick of things, you got to be the team one in the Mariners you're competing with, and two, a team like the Angels again, who's lower than you in the standings, you have to take advantage of those. Seattle, I, I don't think Seattle, I think I don't think they'll catch them again. That'd be a good story. I know they're only one game technically back of Oakland, but I don't know. I just see like they they are one of those like street like sneaky teams in a sense. Like in, in a close game, you know what I mean? They find ways to win close games. So who knows? But if I had to make my final prediction, I ultimately do side with you in the fact that I think Oakland ends up taking the second wild card spot and I won't pencil in the Yankees exactly for the first wild card spot because I really do think they can make a play at the division uh 11 straight right now they're playing Oakland tonight because we're recording before that game so hopefully they can have a nice weekend out west and then they go play the Angels after that and maybe hopefully they can stay hot or do something like that but let's stay on the east coast Brox let's talk about the NL East and I guess I'll let you kick this off because I want to say in our last episode I mean the Braves couldn't have been more than what two games up in the division. Maybe they were two games. The Mets have struggled. Mm-hmm. The Phillies have been awful. And the Braves reeled off, I think, eight straight wins before they played the Yankees. So you, yes. hats off to the Braves. You get you Noah back. You get Darno back. We've been saying for a while that if the Braves could tread water a little bit without these guys, you get them back, put them all in the order. Adam Duvall seems like he was a really good pickup for them. They're com- I think they're coming together at the right time. They are ultra-talented. I think they're like five games up right now on the Phillies. I personally don't think it, they look back in that division. You're you got a closer eye on it. Um, I guess we'll start with that. I guess we'll start with the we'll start with the Phillies and the Mets. So yeah, you think any of them catch the Braves? Um, no, I'm gonna say definitely not. Um, I'm not gonna give the Mets excuses. They have, I mean, right now they're in the last game of 13 straight games against the Giants and Dodgers. When right now they won two of those 12, so right now they're two and 10, which is just a tough stretch, but obviously the wrong time to not um, win a few games. I mean, they've played some pretty close games against the best teams in baseball, but they have not, they've, you know, it's been situational hitting. They cannot pull through in most of those games. And right now they could have been like six and six, I would say against those teams and be right back in the division hunt. But they just, they have not had that one hit from basically anyone on that order. So the Mets are, are slipping fast seven games out. Um, The Phillies have had, I would say more of a, a reasonable schedule and they just have not been playing well um i mean they just played the rays twice i mean rays are good they lost both of those games but before that they've had a pretty pretty fair schedule and they just did not take advantage of it so i just think both these teams they don't deserve to win the division the braves do um yeah i mean the, I mean, the mets do end up playing the marlins and nationals i think their next 15 games for some reason i mean that could bring them back closer i mean they have to go on a sick run right there but i just I don't see either of these teams uh, going up and catching the Braves. Yeah, I'll start with the Phillies first here. I mean, you mentioned having, like, an easier part of their schedule. I mean, they get swept by Arizona a couple of days ago, this, uh, last week. Then they lose two out of three to – or, excuse me, actually won two out of three in San Diego. But before that, they lost two out of three to the Reds. So, again, 
Like, these are kind of games that you got to win, you know what I mean, if you're in a playoff race. Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned with the Mets, too, going through a tough stretch. I mean, if you're going to be a playoff team, you're going to have to play against the Dodgers and the Giants. You have to beat them, too. Yep. So to go 2-10 and 10 against them, it's kind of tough. I know one th one thing with the Phillies, actually, just see right now, Reese Hoskins is going to be out for the year with an uh, – uh, he's getting surgery on something. So, I mean, that's a huge blow to their lineup. You could argue probably he's their fourth best hitter in that lineup or something. But, yeah, I, think the, I don't think the Phillies catch um, the – Braves in a sense I kind of like when the Phillies swept the Mets like that should have almost been like we're never looking back on it and it's almost like one of those things it's like once they get caught then I feel like they're done you know what I mean you you can't once you finally get over the hump and stuff like that you can't get caught then by the Braves like a week later or something like that it's almost like they got satisfied with being in first place and said all right that's it who cares um the Mets I guess we'll talk about them a little in depth more kind of like a sad case in a way I mean scheduling yeah it doesn't help them but again before the season i mean who could prevent it a 13 game yeah. trip against two of the best teams in baseball it, it's gonna it's gonna hurt everybody you know what i mean but you're right not a lot of situational hitting there i know last night obviously the bullpen iron loop of course it's like one of those things too it's like loop who's been so good for them all year it's like they just all like when they needed him the most it's almost like they've turned to him all year he's done the job and he couldn't kind of get them out of the funk or something like that. Couldn't get a couple outs there. You know, it stinks. It, it was like something that's happened a lot with the Yankees this year. It's like, oh, the bullpen had been so good for two months or whatever. So when the starters finally give us a good start it's, and the bullpen blows, it's like, in a sense, you can't even be mad. You know what I mean? Because he has been so good and he's carried the Mets for a decent part. He's probably been their best reliever, honestly. So that that stinks. It stinks that their Grom's out. Um, obviously, I know Baez and Lindor came back. But you know what I mean? For them to miss extended action. It's, it, it sucks because it was a complete, like, kind of 180 in a sense since really the calendar turned. I guess you'd say since, like, the All-Star break, but since around, like, the middle, yeah, the middle to end of July. Yeah, I would say beginning of August was then, was the was the beginning of the end, you know? Well, I honestly, I would say Lindor getting hurt has been in the fall because even Lindor not having a great year, man, just him being on the field, man, just made them a different team. Obviously, they performed better when he was on the field. And then it's been a slide since then. And, and now I just... I keep telling you this, like, I'm, they're going to give me some false hope right now. I mean, seven games back, they have to play some bad teams soon. And, and they're getting Baez and Lindor back right now, both in the lineup tonight, which is cool to see. But I just have a bad feeling they're going to, you know, rattle off a little streak here and then get close, but then just slide again. Um, yeah, it's been tough, you know. Everyone who stepped up in the year, man, it's just, I mean, you can't ask for perfection every game, man. Like Aaron Loop last night. Comes in first and second, no out, man, facing Brandon Crawford. Crawford's having a great year because of the two-run double, and the Mets lose 3-2. It's, it's, it's been a really tough August for the Mets. It's just one of those stretches, trust me. I watched a ton of that, like, this year. It's like, I remember, like, the game in Boston, too. Like, Luizic had been so good for the Yankees all year. He comes in, gives up four straight hits. It's like, in a sense, like, obviously, like, you're pissed off they lost the game, but it's like, Luizic has probably won us so many this year. It's like, when it's just going bad, it's going bad, right? Um, a lot of questions, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't want to look too far ahead, but in, even in like the offseason with the Mets, I know Conforto's a pending free agent. Uh, Syndergaard, too, like Stroman. So there's definitely going to be a lot of questions for the Mets to answer, even maybe uh, managerial-wise, too, just because they had the lead. I don't oh. know. I think Luis Rojas, like, I know, obviously, I don't watch it as closely, so maybe I shouldn't be, like, talking on it too much. But I, there, there were so many guys hurt this year. I, don't know, I feel like – I felt like – especially like their culture too. It felt like good. I think that's like an underrated aspect of it. And then once Lindor got hurt, yeah, it kind of took like downhill from there, but I'm curious, what do you think? What do you think about Rojas and like, should he be on the hot seat in a sense? See, I, I have a bad feeling. I, I don't hate Rojas. I, mean, I don't love him, but what can he do? I have a bad feeling. He's like the Mets don't make the playoffs. 
and he's gonna be the scapegoat from the front office and they're gonna let him they're gonna fire him um and i think to be a whole big turnover i think steve cohen he wants to win um a good thing is steve cohen has a lot of money and i think he's gonna throw well at least tell zach scott and alderson to throw the money to a lot of free agents this year i think to be a a big turnover in the offseason for the Mets um, free agent wise and then managerial slash front office wise. We're just going to have to wait and see, right? I do, I do agree with you on the sense though that it could be like a scapegoat situation there with Rojas and just like somebody had to take a bullet, right? So it ends up being the manager. It'd be an unfortunate event, a turn of events. I wonder who uh, they would hire them. Honestly, I not, I'm not sure who would watch them call it. would be an interesting candidate. You think they'd ever go back with Beltron and give him a run? I would, I would love to, man. I, I thought he was a perfect manager. Like, oh, I would love to get Beltron. Let's see what happens. I, I personally think that they should just like everyone, just a clean house. Every coach, um, even I don't know about GM. I guess because Zach Scott just got here this year, but I think they should really clean the house. And you know, bringing Beltron be kind of cool, be kind of controversial, but I think, I think they're gonna, they're gonna make a move. So. I would love Beltron, but I don't know. It would listen. It would be bold, and if there's one thing I guess about Steve Cohen, he's not afraid to be bold. He is bold. So yeah. We'll have to wait to the offseason, but until then, let's hope the Mets, for your sake at least, get on a nice little Ugh. win streak and maybe get give a cut this cushion a little bit. You know what I mean? Who knows? We still got mm-hmm. six weeks of baseball to play in that sense. Uh, we mentioned the NL East, then that part of the NL player playoff picture. Let's talk kind of about the NL wild card. And obviously the Dodgers, whoever loses that division, obviously the dot between the Dodgers and the Giants, they're comfortably in that wild card. I actually think they're like, they have a double digit lead. Like, I think they're like 10 up right now. They're 11 up right now, the Dodgers on the second wild card, which is disgusting in its own way. But the Cincinnati Reds are a game and a half up in the wild card race. I think we recorded an episode. Maybe it was like our all-star game episode, or maybe it was right after it when I said, the Reds were about five games back of the Brewers, and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, they got no chance. And I'm sorry. I know they didn't catch the Brewers, but listen, good for the Reds. Their lineup has been awesome. Obviously, they got Castellanos. They got Jesse Winker. Joey Votto's been on a tear since the All-Star break. And potential, I know, rookie of the year, Jonathan India. I guess he would have to be the front runner now. He's got, like, almost a 400 on base percentage, hitting almost 280, 17 home runs in the leadoff spot, hitting before these guys, Winker and Castellanos. Uh, the Reds are surprising me. Like I said, I thought maybe I did. I mean, early in the year, too, though, Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo like weren't right. I know that they've gotten a little better. And other guys like Wade Miley have stepped up. Tyler, Tyler Male has stepped up. So good for the Reds in a sense. And I honestly wouldn't mind seeing Cincinnati in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole lot unpacked here. I mean, I would I would love to see him take the wild card spot. I would love to see the Padres not make it after a, after a crazy offseason. That'd be kind of not funny, but like. Be kind of crazy, honestly. Um, the Reds lineup's been insane. You know, India, Vado, Castellanos, like they've been raking. Um, and their their starting pitching's been great too. The one thing that scares me though is their bullpen, man. I I honestly couldn't tell you many guys in the Reds bullpen. So if they I mean their bullpen can lock it down, man, they're a scary team. And Joey Vado has been on an absolute tear since the All Star break. So that'd be I think it'd be pretty cool to see the Reds in the second wild card and maybe you know give the Dodgers run for their money. See what happens. It's one game. They need to win. Yeah, in a one-game wild card, I wonder who you would throw this year because Wade Miley, if you just look at the like the numbers, Wade Miley has been their best guy. I mean, I would not consider him their ace in any mm-hmm. way. But right, Sonny Gray, obviously, 
probably in the running, I guess, with Castillo, right? Like, it has to be one of those two guys. Like I said, as good of a year Miley's had, and even Tyler Male, I think it has to be one of those two. Who would you go with, Gray or Castillo? I mean, I know this guy has not had the greatest year. And he picks up a little bit, but Luis Castillo is a great pitcher, man. You have to throw your best guy. I don't care. He's not pitching well. He'll, he's a guy that he'll turn it on for a wild card game. He'll, he'll flip the switch. That's what I would go with. I agree with you. I think I would, I, I think I'd also go with Luis Castillo just because again, the stuff too. his changeup is awesome. I'm trying to think last year, if he, he did pitch in the playoffs last year, right? He did. I think he pitched game two of the playoffs. I know Bauer pitched. Yeah. Game, so Gray didn't get to pitch. But he pitched good too. I, yeah, I remember this. Did. Were they both walk offs they lost on? Or if it wasn't if it wasn't walk offs, I think they're. I don't think the the Reds scored maybe one run in the two games. If, if I don't that, think the stars gave a run. I think it was the yeah. um, bullpen gave the run here. Yeah. Like I said, I, I just I, I know for sure Bauer threw a gem that what you yep. call it. But again, yeah, they started. I, I know. I just remember their offense. I like could not score in the playoffs. Hopefully, that's a different story this year. Like I said, their lineup even from top to yeah. bottom. I mentioned the other four guys, but Tyler Naquin. Kind of had a bounce back year. Tyler Stevenson at catcher. Jesse Winker. Good guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Jesse Winker, of course, um, has been huge for them. Obviously, he was an all-star starter as well. I did see one thing, too, with Castellanos. It looks like he might opt out of his deal. Yep. I think he has two years yep. remaining on that. Castellanos to the Mets. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think maybe I'm going to guess that the Mets are confident in getting Castellanos. Um, and I would, I would love him on the Mets, honestly. It'd be perfect because he gets home runs whenever uh, something bad happens in the world or someone dies. So whenever the Mets announce a bad injury, he'll probably hit a home run for them too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I know. The, the untimely hitting of Nick Castellanos, timely some people call. I mean, the guy's in 320 with 24 jacks this year. He'll definitely be in the MVP conversation in the NL. That's kind of opened up a little bit for sure. But we mentioned the Reds. Who did they just overtake? The San Diego Padres. I mean, you were talking about this before, how the Padres would – all the things that they did in the offseason, for them to kind of miss out on the playoffs, it would be honestly kind of awful. I mean, you bring in Blake Snell, you bring in you Darvish. I know, obviously, they brought in Clevenger at the trade deadline last year. He's hurt, so, I mean, that stinks in a way. Austin Nola, they brought in at the trade deadline last year. Then at this year, though, at the trade deadline, you bring in Adam Frazier. And it's like, it's just another skit from them. I don't know. Are they just all show, no go in a sense? Like that, yeah, they're this exciting, flashy team, but... If you get down to like the nitty gritty, it's just like maybe just a bunch of like overhyped names in a sense. Yeah, dude, I think it's crazy. Like, uh, like most of the guys they got in the offseason just haven't performed. Like Dar- Darvish, I mean, made the all-star team. He had a decent year. Not as good as last year, obviously. Snell has been pretty bad. Musgrove has been okay after his I no-hitter. Joe Musgrove, yeah. Yeah, it's – it's kind of crazy, but it's just that's you know, that shows you baseball. I had a weird feeling about them before the year. Like, you know, obviously they had a great team. I just had some odd feeling they weren't going to perform like they should. And they obviously have not. They fired their pitching coach recently. Um, job, yeah. What do you think? Do you think they're going to get the second wild card spot? I do not. I do not. You don't. And honestly, I'm going to disagree with you here. And as good as the Reds have been playing, I just think talent at the end will prevail. I mean, I've kind of seen it like, you know, with the Yankees, like it, it just took them like a little too long. I don't think the Padres necessarily will make a lot of noise in the playoffs. I think whatever team honestly is going to lose that first wild card game. But I don't know, only a game and a half back, I that's a, more than enough room to be able to like have a good week or two. You know what I mean, and put yourself back into that race. So yeah, I ultimately do think the Padres will pull it out. I know the 
for like Fernando Tatis going down for the last two weeks, honestly, didn't really help. I know he just came back. I believe like he went down, like he missed the first two weeks of August is what I was trying to say. But yeah, they're playing him in the outfield now too, which is a little strange in a sense, but it's kind of like a desperation move, I guess, to get more guys in the field. They want Cronworth obviously out there. They want Adam Frazier out there. They want Tommy Pham out there. I mean, yesterday they honestly went toe to toe with the Dodgers. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday. So yesterday he went like 16 innings or whatever. But again, I can say that, yeah, they might make the playoffs or whatever, but if they do what they did like yesterday, it was disgusting in fourth. They, they got no, like they didn't have a hit in like nine straight innings from like the fourth to like the 13th inning or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they start with a guy on second base for five straight innings and they don't score. Like that's, that's horrible. Not only did they yeah. not win, they didn't score. Like that is, that is not good at all. They tried to call They tried to bump one of the innings. Trankers and popped it up. I know Jace Tingler, too, the way he was, like, managing, he kind of got rid of his bench a little too early. I know you can't really prepare for an extra inning game. So, I know, like, Ryan Weathers pinched it at one point. Joe Musgrove pinched it at one point. Uh, Camarena had to hit at one point. So, you know what I mean? Kind of a mess in that sense. But they do give the Dodgers some good games. So, in a sense, I guess you could say that they play up to their competition. They're capable of it, the Padres. They've just been so inconsistent this year. I hope that they can finally turn the switch. But I don't know who would – like, from a, like, Fandom perspective, I guess you could say. Who would I rather see? Probably, the, I'd probably also just rather see the Padres because I feel like Tatis in a wild card game. You know what I mean? It would just be a little more yeah. exciting, stuff like that. I, I know baseball, like MLB, the MLB, excuse, would much rather see the Padres than the Reds. You know, no, no offense to the Reds, but listen, I love, no, yeah. I love how they, I love how they mash. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they want the wild card game to be a little more exciting, like as the MLB probably thinks that the Dodgers would destroy the Reds, which I don't think they will, but. They would, you'd get that sense that MLB would want the Padres in it. So I got another question. So what would you say? Who's, who would be like the biggest disappointment this year? A bigger one, the Mets or the Padres? A bigger disappointment this year, the Mets or the Padres? If they both miss the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Padres, Padres 100%. Okay. I, I guess the Mets are a disappointment in a way. But I don't know, still entering the – I mean, you could both argue that both of those teams were like – a, in a sense, like the second best team in their division, because I still think preseason, I like I had preseason, I had the Braves still over the Mets, but obviously the Braves, the Mets bring in Lindor, but I mean, again, the Padres, again, if you ask me, they made more moves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And from the fact that they go at the trade deadline too and go get Adam Frazier, that's another desperation. Well, I know the Mets bring in Javi Baez, but like, again, you know what I mean? So the Padres are right there with it. I think the Padres are a lot more. Like the, the hopes were a lot higher in San Diego than they were for the Mets. And this doesn't get the Mets off the hook in any way, shape, no, or form. No. But this definitely um would put I think I think the Padres are definitely more of a disappointment in that sense. Would you I mean you'd probably agree with me, right? Yeah, no, I I mean <laughs> the Mets either way are very disappointing, but I think the Padres are a little more considering their roster, what they did in the offseason and their roster for this year to not even make a wild card. I mean the Mets, I'm not going to give excuses with the injuries and stuff. The Padres had their fair share of injuries, too. I mean, Tatis was, was out, like, twice this year already. So, I would say both are pretty disappointing. But I would definitely say the Padres would be just – it's just something, like, before the year you probably couldn't fathom. Like, a team that could have won their divisions, not even make the playoffs. So, tough, tough year in San Diego and uh, and flushing Queens. Yeah. I mean, one thing I didn't even say about the Padres. I mean, the Padres, like, going into the year to their division kind of, like – the NL East, at least, was supposed to be really competitive. I know it ended up not being, but um, you know, you know what I mean. So from that sense, if you say, like, if yeah. you told us before the year two NL NL West teams made the playoffs and it wasn't, and you were like, how is one of them not the Padres? You would have been very, very surprised about that. So, oh yeah, hopefully the hopefully, um, 
we get we at least get a good race. You know what I mean? I wouldn't like to see the Padres drop like the next like five or six or something like that, and then the Reds kind of like walk like not like walk over you, but but you get you get what I'm trying to say here. I mean, the Padres mm-hmm. did just sign Jake Arrieta. I mean, you talk about being desperate. Jake Arrieta cut by the Cubs for having another tough year and his bounce like in his return to Chicago and like that. You think that makes any sort of impact? No, Jake Arrieta sucks. I love. He's him. done. He's cooked. He's. Co- I'm sorry. I used to love J.K. Redden. That name was a great pitcher. Now he sucks. I don't. He, he had a, like he had a couple good years in Chicago. You know what I mean? He wasn't great ever in Philadelphia or stuff like that after he got paid. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of on the tail end of that. Uh, I don't know if I watch him call it. I don't know if we got also got a clear answer on this. I know I mentioned India earlier. Um, Trevor Rogers was an All Star this year, but do you still think Jonathan India is beating him out for Rookie of the Year? Honestly, like. I, I haven't, like, seen that much of Trevor Rogers, even though he's on the Marlins. And he's having a good year, man. But India, is, India deserves it, man. This guy's having a great year. This guy, He's amazing. He is – he's the future for the Reds, man. Are you a little upset that – because Jonathan India was the guy back in 2018 who the Mets were targeting with that number six pick. He gets pick number five. They take Jared Kelnick at six, obviously – Kalnick wasn't on the team. They probably don't trade India because Kalnick was a better prospect than India. But, like, are you a little upset that the Mets don't have Jonathan India? I mean, yeah, but, you know, it would, I would be more upset if they passed on him. But, you know, honestly, knowing knowing Brody Van Wagen, and he would have sent him all for Cano. So that probably wouldn't even worth seeing that. At least, I mean, I don't want Jared Kalnick to do bad. But at least India is doing good, not like Kalnick is having a, you know, rookie of the year type of season. That's true. That is true in a sense. But let's move on to another guy, a guy who we got to tip our cap to, who's been one of the best hitters that we've seen during our lifetime, Miguel Cabrera, for reaching home run number 500 against the Toronto Blue Jays. I believe it was last Sunday. A little bittersweet, I guess, in a sense that it has to come away from Comerica Park. But at least Toronto, the fans were very nice to him there. They gave him a nice ovation, as it should be. It was off Steven Matz, too, former New York Met. <laughs> but in a sense... Uh, I guess, listen, you see, if we saw him, see Miguel Cabrera, obviously dominate those two that like in the 2010s when the Tigers are pretty competitive. I know they never got over the hump and won a world series with Miguel Cabrera there, which is kind of unfortunate, but the guy did win two MVPs back to back. He had, he won one triple crown in yeah. 2012. He 11, led the league in like that. 11 or 12? Ba- 2012. He led, the in ba- he led the league in like batting average three times. Excuse me on that. But mm. Yeah, I mean, what do you want to say to Miggy? Miggy, I mean, dude, I'll, I'll be real. Best hitter we've, I mean, I'll say, best hitter I've ever seen in my life. Guy's an absolute unit, man. The guy's an absolute, oh, such a pure hitter, man. I love how he, he has power to the opposite field. Easily the best hitter I've ever seen in my lifetime. Um, that's 500 home runs, a great, great accolade. And also, I mean, now he is 42 hits away from 3,000. Do you want to get into that? I think I, – I know he still has I, – I know he definitely has a year on his contract, but, I mean, I don't know if he really wants to, like, yeah. get there. I mean, who knows? He might even have two years left on his contract. Well, last night – last night um, he said he has two more years with the Detroit Tigers for retiring. So, unless so he gets hurt, se- two more seasons with Detroit. Okay. So, unless he gets hurt, he should be getting that, too, which would be, you know, for sure first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'll be for sure. I don't know if I'd go right into two. I think Pujols, and, Pujols versus Cabrera, you can make a really good argument for. I know Pujols technically was a little earlier than Cabrera, I guess, in a sense. But honestly, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Pujols, like, dominated really in um, 
St. Louis, and then actually, when it, that's, like, that's crazy. This is when time's out almost. When Pujols goes to Los Angeles, then it's like Cabrera, like, kind of, like, not blossomed, obviously, but he became, like, he went he went from a superstar yeah. to legendary, in a sense. So, oh, yeah, yeah I, I got it in front of me, actually, right now. Yeah, he's just two more years in Detroit. He actually has um, two player, two club options, excuse me, in 2024 and 2025, that if he finishes top 10 in the MVP voting, like the years before or whatever they like, they go through. So I don't think the Detroit Tigers are going to have to worry about that. But I mean, you talk about a tough contract in a sense, the Tigers have been rebuilding in a sense like they haven't been competitive really in the past five years. And they've been paying Miguel Cabrera $30 million a year. Like I said, they're on the hook for him for $32 million each of the next two seasons at least. But yeah, 42 hits away from 3000. I think I don't want to jinx anything, but honestly, I hope he gets it this year. I don't think he like, that's like pushing it a little bit. Hopefully he gets it next year. You know what I mean? You never want these guys to go out like on a bad note. Like that was one thing with A-Rod that I was always a little upset with that, especially because the Yankees didn't even make the playoffs that year. Like the fact that he went out like at 696, you know what I mean? You would have loved to see yeah. him hit 700, but I don't think that's like as big of a number in a sense that like 3,000, you know what I mean? Like 696 versus 700 home runs is a, like is a lot different if you ask me than like 2950 versus 3,000 hits. Like 3,000 hits, that's like, Obviously, all like that's like the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. one of the highest accolades you could have as a hitter. Seven hundred home runs. Yeah, obviously, only three or four other people have done it. But at the end of the day, it's like six ninety six was still good, good enough. You know what I mean? So good for yeah. Miggy. Um, maybe maybe he'll have a, still a good impact on those young guys in the clubhouse. Obviously, in Detroit, and yeah, good for him and stuff like that. Like you said, one of the best hitters that we've ever seen. Uh, and honestly, one of the best seasons that we've ever seen. It's a shame that they never won one of those World Series back then. What were they in? They were in 2012, and they were in 2012. That was the only one they were in. They were just they were a good team. They that's the only World Series they made though with him. You're right. They they couldn't win on what they lost in 2013 in the ALCS. I remember to Boston. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to think if they they got since swept. then it's been they got swept Actually, in 2012 no. too. I remember that. That was they awkward. did by the Giants. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, tough, tough for the Tigers. Hopefully, it looks back up for them. But at least this is a bright spot in their season. You know what I mean? I know AJ Hinch mm-hmm. was saying that, like in the locker room or whatever, like giving, like, thank you for on, on the journey. And you know what I mean? When you're with a kind of a bad team like this and stuff like that, it is almost uh, like something that you could cheer for every night. At least the fans can come out and see the Tigers. We're giving, we're playing some pretty good baseball. Yeah, I'm saying they're not having a bad year. They're not having that yeah, bad not, of a year. They're honestly probably overachieving. Thanks to what's his name? Thanks to Jonathan Scope. Jonathan Scope yeah. has really revived his career in Detroit. I know Casey Mize, too, has been good. They got a couple of other young pitchers, uh, Tack Scooble. Uh, yeah, Scope, I mean, is hitting 285 this year, 18 home runs. I mean, the guy definitely looked like he was on the decline when he was playing with the Twins or whatever. Kind of maybe turn back the clock a little bit. I know he just signed an extension maybe a couple weeks ago it was, like two years, $15 million or something like that. It's a good yep. for Scope and extending. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess we'll move on to our final thing of the day. Uh, we're talking about Caleb Smith. Getting ejected for and getting ejected from a game and then getting a 10 game suspension for having a foreign substance on his glove. Only the second time we've seen this. Um, the first time it was Hector Santiago with the Seattle Mariners. Now it's Caleb Smith. I'm personally surprised that it's only been two of them, but I guess good for the MLB pitchers for getting away from this. I mean, do you agree with me that like it's? I feel like it's pretty. It's honestly crazy if you actually there's only two of them. Dude, I mean. The worst part, I mean, not the worst part, I mean, it's, it's good that, like, you know, pitchers listen to the rules and they're not, you know, I guess cheating in a sense, but Santiago and Caleb Smith are not good. Caleb Smith's having a bad year and he's cheating. 
<laughs> and he's not pitching well. Like it's, you know, if you're gonna cheat, get, put a little more on that, man. Come on. Yeah, listen, I I know exactly honestly what you what you mean. Caleb Smith he had like a decent year. He's from the yeah, he came from the Yankees system. He had a decent year. I feel like with the um. Marlins, yeah, he was pretty good with the Marlins. He was like serviceable, you know. I mean, I'm not saying he was an ace, but yeah, he's definitely tailed off. I remember like when he, when he got to spend other guys' stats, I was like, geez, man, Caleb Smith definitely tailed off. But yeah, I think that's pretty funny in a sense that you say that like that these are the guys who are pitching, but uh, these are the guys who are cheating that are like the pitchers. But I mean, at least they have accomplished their goal in a sense. You know what I mean? You could look at like all the no hitters and stuff like that. Look at them before June 21st, or you could even say a little earlier than June 21st. June 21st is when they actually started checking, but like in the June like fourth area was when the minor leaguers got suspended and stuff like that. So I guess we thought it was a little harsh, I think, to just go like straight cold turkey on the pitchers. But I guess you tip your cap do you tip your cap to the MLB in a sense and be like, hey, it was this was a good move. This actually did work out. Dude, message sent and received by the MLB it was actually a good thing. Um everyone, you know, most of them adhere to the rules. So I mean it was pretty good. I mean I I don't know what would have changed the season? Maybe it was a more, a little more of a pitching type year because you know we've had what one one no hitter since the um, the crackdown, right? Yeah, I think it was the bullpen game by Chicago by the Cubs. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I mean, good for the MLB man. Point for Manfred. I mean, he hasn't had a great you know few years as commissioner, but Manfred, uh, not a bad way to get the point across, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned kind of. Teams are having bad years. The Baltimore Orioles having a bad year. Um, and the Baltimore Orioles did just snap a 19-game losing streak last night with Shohei Otani on the mound. I think it's pretty crazy. I think they actually won today. So maybe be a little nervous that the Baltimore Orioles are heating up. I know, obviously, they'll um, – you know what I mean? They're obviously in the rebuilding yeah. stage. Hopefully, you don't like to see 19, lose 19 in a row, man. But hopefully, you get Adley Rushman up there and uh, he can fix some things up. But, you know what I mean? I mean, they're kind of a disaster when it comes to, like, all parts of the game. Cedric Mullins, at least, has given them a great season. Trey, Man- Trey Mancini's had a nice comeback story. So, I guess from that – in that perspective, you know what I mean? It's a good one. But it was, like, the longest losing streak in, like, 15-plus years or something like that, which is kind of ugly. Okay. I think they are 39 and, like, 86. Yeah. Obviously, a tough streak. Um, but they ended it last night. So since August 25th, they're the best record in baseball because they won today. They're 2-0 since they ended the streak. 13 won they won today. So what yeah. did the Orioles just need to lose 19 straight in order to um, take over? Yeah, I mean, hey, good for them. Honestly, like I would, I was like, you know, staying kind of with like their losing streak. I was like looking, watching some of the Orioles games, and the players weren't like, you know, it wasn't like oh they're getting on each other and stuff. Like you know, they just wanted to win. And yesterday they were all. Uh, after the game, they all looked, you know, pretty stoked to finally end the streaks. So it was good. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like a a rift within the team. You know, they just mm. they finally mustered together a win, got another one, and hopefully played good baseball. Because you know, soon the Orioles are gonna be good. Soon they're gonna be good. I'm telling you. Yeah, they've been they've been building on that farm, and they do have the best prospect in baseball. Good for Keegan Aiken too. I don't know. He was 0-8 at one point this year. His ERA is in the sevens. Seven innings today of three hit ball. His only blemish was he gave up a home run to Shohei Otani in the first inning. First, second pitch of the game. Second pitch of the game. That's it. Really? Second. Good. All right. Listen, even better for Aiken. You know what I mean? He just, he just let's get go better. O's. Yeah, let's go O's, I guess. <laughs> Not, I think they only play the Yankees like three more times. It kind of sucks. But can the Orioles please beat the Rays? Like, I know I mentioned this losing streak. And it seemed like 13 out of the 19 games were against, like, the Rays or Boston. Like, it was just so annoying, man. Yeah. But uh, one last thing that I'll touch on real quick. 
before we wrap it up. Yadier Molina signed a one-year extension, and he said that 2022 will be his last year. Um, Molina, uh, one of the players, I mean, we mentioned Cabrera, we've mentioned Pools the past couple, like a while back, about guys who we like kind of grew up on. Yadier Molina, when I used to catch when I was younger, I used to absolutely love it. Are you kidding me? I'd see Molina drop to his knees and try to snap throw somebody at first, and I'd try to emulate it. You know what I mean? Molina's by mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite baseball players so good for him he was an all-star this year hopefully he goes out on uh uh, with a good season next year and get the cardinals in the playoffs because i want yadi or melina to have one more run at it uh oh i'm a little opposite with that i do not like (laughs) yadi melina at all so see ya no he's a great catcher great catcher um i think he should hang out this year man i mean i can i'm seeing all over twitter man cardinals fans as much as they love him that they just want him to hang it up because he's not really that good anymore um, I mean, he's like, I guess a serviceable catcher. He doesn't really hit that well. I mean, I know he's an all-star, but that was more just for the namesake than his play. But, but, uh, yeah, see ya. <laughs> it is sense. Yeah. But listen, obviously he's so good with, probably with the pitching staff from a defensive perspective and obviously a good voice in the clubhouse. But yeah, in a sense, I mean, going on your age 39 season, I, I can understand the fans frustration and yeah, why not like almost go out on good terms? You know what I mean? Like who wants next like August or whatever the Cardinals to be in a playoff race and God forbid Yadier and Molina struggling real bad. You know what I mean? You don't want that to get like ugly in a sense. So hopefully that doesn't happen, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Brock, is there anything you kind of want to leave off with? Can the Mets win a game, man? Like that's all I want. That's all the poor guy wants. Hopefully the Yankees, like I said, they play tonight. They can continue it. They've won a lot of games over the past couple of weeks. So let's keep that streak going. Right. Be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore. When you hear from us next, it might be it's probably gonna be September. We got September baseball coming. Pennant the race to the pennant coming soon in the playoffs too. So be sure to be on the lookout for that. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.